So a lot of you out there are creators who have or are starting ventures, projects, art, campaigns. When I say venture, I just mean a creative endeavor. And the thing I want to talk about this episode is how much our works in the world are our teachers. This actually holds true for people who are in jobs and careers as well. Our work is such a big part of our lives, and as such, it offers a mirror, a reflection of how we are and who we are, and more deeply than that even, it is and can be considered its own being or entity that we have and are in relationship with. We are in relationship with our work and the things that we create all the time. And in that way, if you know anything about relationships, they are a huge teacher, again, because they mirror us back to ourselves. Any and all of the challenges that we have with our work, the wins, the successes, the changes in direction, all of that is an opportunity to learn about ourselves and grow. I love Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic for this reason. She, in this book, describes the idea of ideas or projects, in her case, the idea of a book that she wanted to write, as in fact its own entity, its own being that wanted to come to life through her. And she talks about ideas in this way in general, any idea, any venture that we're working on, as this being with its own desires, its own expression that is tapping people all around the world and saying, hey, please create me, right? Please give birth to me and help bring me into this world so that I can exist. And this is such a powerful idea, right? Not only because of the fact that it takes creativity to bring one of these ideas to life, literally the energy of creation, right? To bring forth a new being into the world. We talk about our creative projects as being our babies all the time, but really this is actually kind of true because you're bringing this entity into the world to exist. It might not have arms and legs. It might be a business. It might be an art project, but it is an idea that was previously floating around in the ether that tapped you asking to be born and that you, through your creative power and capacity, brought into existence. And so now you, with your idea in existence, have a new thing to be in relationship with and therefore have a new teacher because this being is going to reflect to you all of your hopes, desires, inadequacies, inconsistencies, all of your ego, all of your faults, attachments, and also all of your gifts and strengths as well. That is what happens when we are in relationship with anyone and anything. And so your ventures, your creations are no different. The beautiful thing, though, about this way that Elizabeth Gilbert puts it is 
a different way of relating to our work and our ventures. What happens when you start to imagine that what you're bringing into the world is in fact its own being with its own desires, its own ultimate expression, its own impact, purpose, even desires. It starts to make us think about ourselves as maybe stewards, maybe parents. And when you think about parenting another being, right, there are the parents who are trying to exert and or live through their kids, right? Trying to express all of their desires, wants, hopes, dreams to live vicariously through their kids and have their kids be an expression of their own success. And so defining what they should be doing or valuing or how they should be behaving based on their parents' understanding of the world and what they value instead of enabling this new being to find its own way, to have its own expression, to value its own ways of doing things and being and seeing things and valuing the kinds of people or spaces or energies or music or whatever it is that this being prefers maybe over what you prefer. And so this goes for our relationship with our ventures as well. How is it that we are trying to express this being that has come through us to us in a way that is in real and actual true relationship? How might you think about asking what it is that this entity wants to come through into the world to do or how to do it, who to do it for and with? Oftentimes, the ventures that come to us have a shared sense of purpose. They are in some ways very deeply connected to an expression of who we are as well. And that's why they're trying to be realized through us. But where it gets tricky is where we are trying to express or exert our own expression, our own desires, whether that is for acceptance, approval, being seen, acknowledged, and or all of the shadows or ideas about how we think things need to be done, that they need to be funded or scaled to have a certain amount of impact, All of that comes into question when we get into deeper relationship with the thing that we're wanting to create. Does it really want to scale? Does it really want to be invested in? Does it need to touch millions of people? Or are those all just things that you feel like you need or want in order to realize some aspect of yourself. And this is where our ventures really become deep teachers. Because what if this venture just wants to be for your closest friends? 
What if your venture doesn't want to be a for-profit but wants to be a non-profit? What if your venture's impact is for those who are most underserved when the people that you want to serve maybe have a certain cachet? What does all of this say about what it is that you want and whether that is actually what you want? In the same way that relationships are a an incredible teacher. In a similar way, the ventures that have found me have been maybe some of the deepest teachers I've ever experienced. And the reasons that they've found me and the lessons that they've been teaching me couldn't be more perfectly architected. For example, I'll share a story of the feast. It's the venture that a lot of people have known me through over time. I started it in 2010, way back during the early days of social innovation and conferences in New York with a collaborator. I think he actually even chose the name. And the idea at first was it's a feast of ideas. I was living my innovation-y New York life, and we started this really beautiful series of events that turned into a conference that was all about innovation for social impact. It really was a feast of ideas. We had people from all different backgrounds sharing their perspectives, people from Mars JPL Rover, team from NASA, talking about constraint-based science and imagination to founder of Kickstarter, two weeks after he started Kickstarter, to Paul Farmer from Partners in Health and Arcade Fire, you know, names big and small who were just fascinating. It was a feast of inspiration around social impact and ways to make the world a better place. And it was such a powerful experience. I will never, will never think twice, would never regret anything that I did during the feast. And at some point, I kind of had my spiritual awakening. And during this time, I kind of went, I was away from the feast for a while during a pretty critical situation with my family. And when I returned, there was this feeling that none of this is right. <laughs> I don't know what is, but this is not the full expression of the feast. And so it took quite some time and many iterations of me trying to figure out what was the appropriate expression. I knew that it was something about expression and this energy of feasting, of, of aliveness and inspiration. And I played with all sorts of different expressions there was a feeling that it had to do with immersive experience or the arts and curation and ideas. I had this feeling that, you know, it needed to solve the world's problems. And ultimately, eventually, I had a conversation with the feast. <laughs> and I'm happy to go into this in more detail if you're interested. But the essence of it was finally sitting down with this being and asking it 
what do you want to be? And the answer that I got back was that it wanted to be a dinner hosted by people all around the world around these three questions. The first question is, what do you have plenty of? The second question being, what are you hungry for? And the third question being, what does fulfillment actually look and feel like? And so when I heard this, it was hard for me to swallow. I had had all of these attachments, assumptions, expectations around the feast, creating impact in the world, solving problems. And I did not understand how dinners about these three questions would solve sustainability, for example, or education. I even tried to layer these different topics on top of these three questions to try to make the dinner somehow more problem-solving oriented because this was the mindset that I was coming from. And I just could not understand it. And I hosted a bunch of dinners and they were really beautiful, super powerful. And I still cannot wrap my head around how this would solve the world's problems. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that this desire to solve the world's problems was not about the feast. It was about me. I was the one who was preoccupied with saving the world's problems, which ultimately was a result of my own wounding as a child, feeling like I needed to fix and save everything and everyone. And so here I was trying to layer my needs, my desires on top of this thing that had come through me to try to find an expression in the world. Fast forward a few years later, and a friend shares a book with me called Feeding Your Demons, which speaks to an ancient Tibetan Buddhist practice that is engaging all of the parts of us that are feeling unmet and nourishing them, providing them the nourishment that they need so that they can be seen and understood and, and ultimately healed and folded back into a sense of oneness. And in reading the book, I realized that the questions at the heart of the feast, as it wanted to be, were essentially exactly the same as the prompts in this book, which come from a nun, a realized nun in 550 AD. So the energy that was wanting to come through the feast was in some way already coming through, right? This ancient traditional lineage of enlightenment and awakening. And, and it, it was at that moment that I had an aha that what was trying to come through the feast was in essence wanting realization and the realization of potential and possibility and wholeness for the world that I was also so deeply longing for, but it was doing it in a way that I couldn't yet understand because I had to deepen and grow and come to a place of realization where I could really see and acknowledge 
the wisdom that the feast was holding that I had not realized yet. And so over time, I started to understand that, okay, this being that wants to exist has its own inherent essence, its own wisdom, its own capacity. It knows the best way for it to come into existence in the world. And so how do I kind of put myself aside and more deeply listen? And the more that I've been doing that, the more that I have been learning the lessons of this project. These include deepening awareness of my own attachments, awareness and connection with the world around me, ongoing understanding of my attachments with how things need to happen or how I think they need to happen, and deeper and deeper allowing for a way for things to happen that is in greater alignment with myself and ultimately what this venture wants as well. And so in the process, I have needed to heal and open and find more spaciousness in order to allow this being to find its own way in the way that it wants and needs. And I have needed to grow as a result to allow for that. If I want this venture to succeed and be realized, I need to change. I need to notice all the ways that I push and resolve what's behind that. I need to notice all the ways that I react to what other people think it could or should be and to establish boundaries. I need to be in relationship with, to learn and listen and share and be inspired by this venture and to find joy and inspiration from seeing it realize what it wants to be and finding joy and fulfillment in myself in that process. And it has been beyond powerful and revealing and surprising and sometimes frustrating and delighting and all the things to be in relationship with this project in this way. Now, this is a very, very contrary, contrarian way of working <laughs> to the modern world. I can't tell you how many amazing and very valid approaches to the feast that advisors have offered over the years. And who knows, maybe they will come to fruition at some point. However, it's also been fascinating to notice as I've become more aware of my own projections onto what the feast could or should be, how much I see everybody else's projections onto what it could, should, could or should be and how much those are defined by 
the patterning perspectives. Sometimes wounding and or gifts that these other people hold. And so my job has become more to notice and parse out what's true and what does the feast want? What does this entity that has tapped me actually want? Maybe it is that business model that someone shared. Maybe it's not. My job is no longer to be the one to decide, but the one in relationship with this being as a bridge to say, hey, what is it that you want and how can I be of service to that? And again, in the process, I grow and change tremendously. So I'm not saying that this is how you should do anything or everything in particular. I'm just saying that there's an opportunity here, that the projects that have chosen you have chosen you for a reason, and that there is potentially way more to be learned from your relationship with this venture than purely the expression of what it is that you think you want in the world. And so I just want to offer a few things as I close in case they might be helpful for considering how this venture is guiding you or teaching you. And the first is just to imagine that your venture is its own separate being. What if you did that? What if you thought, hey, this thing picked me and it has its own voice and mind and ultimate expression, regardless of whether what, what, what I do, and not that anything that you do or will do or have done is right or wrong, but that it has its own highest expression too, just like you do. Just to even imagine that, I think, is, is quite groundbreaking, groundbreaking. And then to be in relationship with that and to wonder why it is that you're working on your venture to begin with. What purpose does it support for you? And what purpose does it have in the world? How are those two potentially related or aligned? And how is this venture potentially helping you express your purpose? And by purpose, I, I say a broader sense of purpose, not necessarily just achieving uh, a work, but your full expression of your purpose, which might not just be the work that you do, but how it is that you light other people up, what it is that you inspire in others, the way that you serve when you're in relationship or when you speak or when you do whatever it is that you do with your venture, whether that's law or design or art or entrepreneurship. Part of my purpose is spaciousness. That is something that I know that I offer in the world and the feast definitely has been helping me realize that purpose by becoming more spacious in order 
to hold the space that the feast asks for and requires. Instead of jumping to solutions or jumping to fixing things, the feast has taught me over time how to just let things hang in space (laughs) and the profound capacity for healing in that. So how is your venture potentially helping you grow into your fuller purpose in your life? One other question that's helpful in thinking about what and how you might learn from your venture is who does your venture want to serve? What does it want to be like? And is there any discrepancy between what you think has to happen and what it feels like is what venture wants to be and how it wants to serve? Again, so often our ideas get tied up in our work and its expression. We think that things need to look a certain way. They need to only be focused on one service or offering, or that they need to reach 10 million people in order to be successful. And in order to do that, we need to raise X million dollars. Is that what your venture really wants? Maybe it's different. Maybe it's more spacious. Maybe it doesn't reach more people, or maybe it does reach more people than you think or expect. And how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel joyful, resentful, burdened, or excited? There is so much for us in understanding this alignment or misalignment of what we think something wants to or needs to be and what's really possible. So just starting to ask those questions and maybe looking at how your venture wants to express itself and how that might be a challenge to some of our beliefs and assumptions and how that challenge might just be the place where our growth edge is that invites us into a deeper, more expansive, more joyful way of being. This is how our ventures can be our teachers. And finally, what are the challenges that you face with your venture? And how might they be showing you something about how you could be doing something differently? This is a bit connected with the one before, but our ventures are so wise and they don't have the same attachments that we do. And so in that way, their persistence in being the way that they want to be might just be the thing to push us to have the realizations that we need. Again, about our assumptions or ideas about how we think, how we think things need to be. And these challenges might just be an invitation to find a different perspective, to work through the abundance issue, to work through the worth issue, to realize your own 
inherent worth outside of the acclaims of others. To realize the impact of even affecting one person or your capacity to touch millions. And maybe the constraint that you're facing right now is exactly the thing that you need to find the pivot to the way that your venture would rather express that would ultimately be more fluid, be more aligned, be more fulfilling. So be open to the lessons that your venture has for you. And I invite you to maybe even connect with your venture in any ways that feel good. Maybe it's journaling, maybe it's journeying, maybe it's talking with it on a walk, but in some way, seeing if coming into relationship, real true relationship with the venture that you're working on as its own being, What happens then? What gifts does it have to share with you? What insight about what it wants and what to do? How to realize it in the most beautiful way and how it can support you in becoming the person that you're here to become. Doing that in relationship and community is one of the most beautiful things that we can do. And it is a beautiful thing that this venture, whatever it is, has come to you and said, hey, I want to be your child. Please birth me into the world so I can exist. What do we want to do with that? How do we want to hold the essence of that creation? How do we want to listen and grow with this being that has chosen us and that we've said yes to? All food for thought for me as well as I go away and consider the many projects and ventures that have and are tapping me. So thank you for this opportunity to share just a little bit of my experience with how these ventures can be our teachers. If anyone has any experiences or information of their own that they'd like to share, please do in the comments and or by writing me. Happy to also have a follow-on conversation if anybody's had an interesting experience that they'd like to share with everyone. But I hope this is helpful and nourishing and that it supports both you and the ventures that you're creating in the world in realizing yourselves in the most beautiful powerful, revelatory, and joyful way possible. Thanks for listening. 